0: In 1953, an oil field worker found bone fragments in the dusty Permian Basin near Midland, Texas. He had no idea how old the bones were or how they got there, but he knew enough to contact some archaeologists to study them as well as the bones of animals that were found nearby. It's amazing what you can find out from dry bones. In this case, scientists were able to discover quite a lot. The fragments belonged to a woman who lived more than 9,000 years ago. They could tell that she died about age 30. The wear and tear on her teeth indicated that her food was coarse and probably contained bits of stones that were used to grind her food. They could also tell from the bones that the West Texas desert where she died had once been wetter and greener. Dry bones are lifeless, and yet they can tell us so much about the life they supported—gender, height, diet. What is found nearby can tell us how people related to each other, the types of work they did, how they related to animals. Our world has many graveyards of dry bones in places of war, poverty, violence, natural disasters, genocide, and sickness. We discover old ones that have been forgotten. We also create new graveyards. Some bones are buried underground, others in caves. Some are anonymous, and others are distinguished with ornate monuments. And all those dry bones tell stories about the people who used to animate them. Ezekiel was not literally dry bones yet, but when God showed him a vision of a valley of dry bones, he knew right away they represented him and his community. He and thousands of others from Jerusalem were in exile, carried away from their home and forced to live in captivity. It is as if they were in a deserted valley. The bones in his vision represent the spiritual reality of these captives. They feel lifeless, unspirited, hopeless. They feel dry. If we can learn about the life of someone from their dry bones, what can the bones in this valley tell us about Ezekiel, and his captive community. Perhaps that they had abandoned the source of their life, God. Perhaps that they had turned against one another, were arrogant, and started to believe they could thrive by trusting in their own power, or using that power in ways that caused destruction. Certainly dry bones tell us that they are without spirit. What caused the demise of one led to the demise of them all as a community. The vision God gave Ezekiel, and that Ezekiel shared with the people of Israel, and shares with us, serves an important function. It confronts us with the fact that these bones are in fact lifeless, and that we should grieve both the loss of life and the causes of it. Before sharing this vision, Ezekiel named the causes—injustice, idolatry, and violence. It's good timing that we encounter this vision of dry bones during Lent. This is a time we set aside each year to face just those things in ourselves the things that have separated us from God, that have left us spiritually dry and lifeless, the injustice, idolatry, and violence we either cause or live with, or both. It is a time to acknowledge our waywardness and reorient ourselves. With these exiles, we can say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. This vision is important for another reason, though. It gives hope to Ezekiel and his community, as well as to us. It's easy to despair at times of exile, exile from homeland or family or health or safety. Yet the core of our faith The core of the biblical story is hope in the midst of despair and homecoming after exile. It turns out, when you finally ask where God has been at the times you have felt isolated and abandoned, you discover that God has been there with you all along. The hope in this vision is astonishing. God animates the dry bones and brings them back to life. Now, as modern Christians, we tend to think of this story in terms of individual resurrection. But look closely. It's a story about the restoration of a community, of a nation. It's about what people have lost as a community, what the bones of that community have experienced, and how they get their spirit back. What what Ezekiel's vision shows us is a collective recreation. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Remember that in Hebrew, the word for spirit and breath is the same word. The Spirit of God was breathed into the dust of the earth to create the first human. That same Spirit gave voice to generations of prophets, including Ezekiel. God's Spirit raised Lazarus from the dead and resurrected Jesus. The breath of God touches us in baptism, and we call upon that Spirit every time. We celebrate the Eucharist. That spirit restores us and our dry bones, too. The task of the Church is to live out the vision given to Ezekiel in our own time. As Ezekiel did, we can point out the ways that humankind has turned from God. We can assert the reality of our situation that we do not and cannot create our own reality and our own rules. Abuse of each other and the earth is unsustainable, and the consequences of it will catch up to us. We can and should lament the losses that accrue when we live in opposition to the way of life, the way of God. And we can offer hope, that God is with us when we suffer, even from our own selfishness, and God will resuscitate us when we have caused ourselves and our people to dry out. Just as the Babylonian exile was a wake-up call for the people of Jerusalem, the disasters of our own time are our wake-up call. Like the exiles of old, we too need to face our reality, grieve it, and then look to God for a way forward. God gives life, and God restores life. What seems lifeless, God will revive. Perhaps 9,000 years from now, someone will find our dry bones What will they learn from them? Surely they'll be able to tell what we ate, what sicknesses we had. But will they find evidence that we lived together, that we cared for one another? Many dry bones are discovered with evidence of violent deaths, fragments of arrows and spears or bullets. We can see evidence of famine and brittle bones that have been malnourished. But let me tell you about some other ancient bones. Archaeologists have found skeletons of people who lived 7, 10, or even 45,000 years ago who lived with severe disabilities. There is evidence in their bones that their communities cared for them and helped sustain their lives. And this was in times when their communities were nomadic hunter-gatherers, and it was very costly in terms of time and effort to keep these members of the community alive and connected. And yet they did. We know from the bones of our ancestors that it is possible to live in love. When you live this way, your spiritual bones are not dry. They are enlivened by the spirit to love. The evidence in those bones lives on after you, and it gives life to the communities that come after you. This happened even to the parched people in the Babylonian exile. It happened to Ezekiel. Among those who were expelled from Jerusalem and carried to a foreign land were people who recognized their transgressions and sought reconnection to God, and God breathed life into their dry bones so that they could live and love again. As we come to the end of Lent and look toward Holy Week, and Easter, it's a good time to consider our bones, our physical and spiritual bones. God has enlivened them with the Spirit for a life of love. At times when we feel parched and separated from our homes, our community, and our God, that is when God is among us, and breathing the Spirit. Onto our bones. Amen.